Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. As always, I am one of your hosts, Dan, soon to be receiving an HD remaster, mm -hmm. so finally I can be rendered in all metallic textures like I am, but it's never been represented before. Uh, the warning will be on the box. Of course. <laughs> uh, and my co-host? Uh, I've got these new red Astro Boy shoes. They've been <laughs> taking the world by storm. I, I thought you were so full of shit sending me that. But then, but now I see them everywhere. everywhere. See, and I had no one, you were the only person. Then I realized, like, oh, Gabe is on, like, men's fashion Twitter. Mm. And I was like, it happened on Friday. I said, Gabe, I know this is an odd question, but are you also getting, like, the red Astro Boy shoots? And he, like, passed out laughing. He's like, yes, I am, the whole week. They really are just, they are OG Cyborg 009 Astro Boy Mega Man cosplay boots. I think it's another thing our podcast just pushed into existence. And they're like foam and you can't get them off. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get them off. But I would still buy a pair. It'd be fine of if course, I die wearing the Astro Boy boots. Yeah. <laughs> I think they make you look like a Playmobil character, but that's just yeah, my... Yeah, they do. They make you easy to draw, mm. if anything, yeah. I, I think. But yeah, but yeah it, it's... I think fashion should be fun. I like them. I'm team positive Astro Boy boots. Well, well, we watched last night in Soho, so we both agree. Sometimes fashion has to push boundaries. Yes. Like... Being from the yeah. 60s. Spending a whole <laughs> semester to work on three uh, flouncy dresses. Yes. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I'm actually very excited for today's episode. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a cool and casual one. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, something I'm very excited to showcase. Um, but we do have some news to discuss from the past week. Thank God, because I had nothing aside from this big thing. <laughs> I kind of have one thing. Alright, well, you want to start with that, then? It is, it is not remotely related to anything that our podcast covers. Mm. Um... And that's not to say that anime has not been on my mind, because with recent sales and such, uh, and, and thinking over what we're going to do post-200, I must say, I'm excited to showcase a lot of different anime. Ooh. There is shit that I have not gotten to yet that I'm like, we gotta bring that to the forefront. But uh, but but right there in the opening banter, uh, copy and pasted thing that we always have is, is life news. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess like general public events... You yeah, know, classify. It fits. Um, I don't know if you saw, but it's been going around on TikTok that the Darman actors are striking. I haven't. For unfair pay and treatment. No, I haven't. Um, and I have never mentioned those videos on this podcast because I've had no reason to. It's an anime podcast mm. or a movie pod or a Nintendo pod, whatever the fuck we What we, we do call here. ourselves the week of, yeah. Um, but I think I've joked about them probably off mic before because uh, a couple, you know, like maybe two years ago, I made the mistake of watching one in full and it permanently destroyed my already destroyed Facebook algorithm. Hmm. Um, but the Darman videos, if you don't know, are those like really terrible, like motivational videos that go up on Facebook and they're like... Jonathan talks down to the bus driver and lives to regret it like I've that. I've never seen You've one. never I've seen I've never seen nor heard, and I'm sure it'll be in my algorithm this week thanks to this podcast. I, I can't believe that. It, yeah. it, it is... I can't believe you've never even accidentally encountered no. one. But they... They are like... They are awful. Maybe once I see one, I'll know. But, yeah. but the sound of it... You'll I, probably... I, because I, I think there's like the main brand and then like 10 offshoots. Because they just repackage the same thing over hmm. and over again. But they're all like that. It's like, Jonathan talks down to a Dan, and then it turns out that the Dan is the CEO of Apple, hmm. and like, Jonathan misses out on a million dollars. Yeah. 
So it, it, they're all of them are like that, hmm. but they're all like uniquely terrible in their own little way. Like when I was thinking, like how, how am I going to bring this up <laughs> to talk about it? And and unironically, someday, if our podcast ever branches into like other topics, mm-hmm. I might have to do like a deep dive video yeah. essay type thing into where, them because, where we get a, a podcast essay. Yeah, where we present to the other person because they're hmm. too terrible for me to make like streamlined jokes about yeah um but but yeah apparently this entire time he has been treating his actors like very poorly Mm. so they're striking Uh, so i guess if you come across those on tiktok just you know signal boost them and you know because they're they're just you know trying to get the same like like a comparable level of pay to other actors in Mm -hmm. la Mm -hmm. uh because right now they they work on some kind of weird like theater like pay per thing that you show up for type deal where you don't get overtime you don't get anything else well that's an actor's life um but but apparently they make even like less than what the standard would be Mm -hmm. so it's it's like don't don't unironically go and watch any of those videos i promise i'll cover them someday okay um but yeah i just needed to bring that up because it was in the news this past week and i was like I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell Jonathan about this. Yeah. Mm. Like, that that ship might be going down finally. But we'll see. I don't know. It might be impervious to, to bad PR, but who, who, who's to say? Mm. Um, but... I have nothing, so... Oh, you literally have... I um, literally have nothing. I had no time this week, aside from the one big thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe I do either. Hmm. Well, shall we get to it then? Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. So Nintendo has gifted us another boon just when our wells run dry and we're in a video game nirvana with thousands of video games to play. What do they do but have the common sense to release a Nintendo Direct this Wednesday, last Wednesday, by the time you're listening to this podcast? Yes. Mm. And uh, initial thoughts, it was good. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I, to be honest... To to be a to be a, uh, well not for this time but previous times I've been I've been left a little sour by some of these previous directs that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. This one really made me happy though. Yeah, like I this this one was exactly what I would want from a Nintendo Direct. Not a lot of repetition and just kind of like very good stuff. Yeah. Um. So I mean I have like one list brought up. Uh, I have a general list. So if you bring up things, we'll discuss them as they come. Well, one of the biggest things for me uh, that I have been the most pleased with is Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance coming to the Virtual Console. Finally. Um, I have wanted this for a long time. I mean, obviously, most of us uh, hopefully have still managed to hold on to our Game Boys and such, Mm -hmm. but uh, even so, the idea of, like, new people getting exposed to some of these games, like uh, Mario Superstar Saga... All-time great. Yeah. Been playing through that. Amazing. Um, You know, other Game Boy Advance games, other, like, Game Boy games, like Wario Land 3, mm-hmm. a definitive childhood game for me. Yeah. Been playing through all of those over the past couple days. Uh, I'm just really excited. Oh, and Minish Cap, yep. of course. Yep. We got Golden Sun coming. We do. We have <laughs> the oddly there Pokemon trading card game and not yes. a regular Pokemon game, which Nintendo could have done this for a while. Mm-hmm. Every time they release it, I get a little bit bitter because I know they can at any time just drop all these, but they won't. 
because the yeah. Nintendo. So it's fine. I'm happy that other people are enjoying it. I'm mm-hmm. glad that I have more to my collection. This would have affected me more when I was younger and had the time to return to older games. Mm-hmm. But now there's just no time. So I hope that they put down either their whole collection or whatnot because in conjunction, I thought we were going to get the announcement of the next system around this time or, you know, maybe in the summer. But it seems like seven years of the Switch is still going. It doesn't feel like it's been seven years. It has, Dan. I Well, okay, in Googling this list, ten of the articles are like, why this is another sign that the Switch is at the end of its yeah. lifespan. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right, I, all right, I could, I, I guess I could see it, but... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it really, I guess it, it, it unironically has. Yeah. So. It just feels like when the 3DS ended, even the Wii ended, it had a lot more of these old um, retro classic titles to offer us. Yes. Than if this is the end of the Switch, than what they're giving us currently. Yes. Hmm. But I still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Give us more. No. It, but- Add GameCube. And it looks like we can at least expect more, because again, there was a huge lineup that was previewed for, like, the Game Boy Advance, which has, like, um, you know, uh, Metroid Fusion, um, obviously the the Golden Sun, Zelda yes. Oracles of Ages and Seasons, mm-hmm. other faves. And we might, if Pokemon Day rolls around, that might be the time to properly announce those ones. It's like... Like a 40% chance because they seem to be, because the Pokemon cartridges still sell somehow, so Mm -hmm. who knows, but it's not impossible. Um, Remember, if you were tuning into this podcast years ago, somewhere on the Switch, there was like, they did fiddle with a program to transfer Pokemon from virtual console games, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. but maybe. But who, who knows? Yeah. All right. My next thing, uh, I'll go little to big, and we'll continue down your list. Uh, Mario Kart Eight getting more DLC with an original track, Yoshi's Island. Yes, looking great. You know that game is nine years old, Dan. Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's on the Wii U. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Fuck. And it took us nine years to get the queen that is Birdo in this game. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's been. Uh, it has been eight years. Yeah. Yeah, just, I wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to gag you a bit with that. But Birdo's coming, the track looks great. I only play Mario Kart when I have three other people here and we have time that's not filled with Smash Bros. or uh, Citizen Kane rewatches. Yes. But I'm happy it's there. I mean, I'm glad to return. When's the next Mario Kart coming, though? It seems like they just keep pouring their heart and soul into this one. Well... But honestly, though, I think from a business standpoint... It makes sense. It it does really make... because... Like, it seemed like nobody, and this this is going to be my own, like, anecdotal thing, but it seemed like a lot of people didn't bother with Mario, like, the stuff that was on, like, a lot of stuff on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So, or the Wii U in general. Yeah. yeah. So, things like Mario Kart 8, like, within my social circle, it was like, and I don't know if you can attest to this, it went from, like, only a handful of people having played and enjoyed 8, to everyone, everyone. Yeah, having it's an, one of the in, highest in, selling in, in Nintendo like, games, yeah. So they needed to do it, yeah. and if it if it if it you know if it made them the big bucks in yeah. the process, then it, it seems like the better platform mm-hmm. for that game. And so. they followed like a, a Smash Bros. or Smash Bros. followed suit with its you know yeah. adding DLC and not making a new version of it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, what's your next item on the bill? Uh, let's see. Um, 
Well, some of these some of these are more suited for you. Oh. Uh, but uh, Advanced Wars One Plus Two yeah. Reboot Camp yeah. is finally coming out in April. Let's hope nothing else happens <laughs> so, in the let's world. Hope nothing else happens, so Dan can finally play it. <laughs> so that's what really matters: I, is getting to play Advanced Wars. Listen, I <laughs> I have I have a confession. I there was a time when it was Walmart or Best Buy was doing a two for one deal. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, I got myself this game," and I had this free one. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna gift Dan Advanced Wars when it comes." out soon mm-hmm. and that time had long since gone by i said <laughs> i'm gonna cancel that pre-order i'm gonna get dan something else he might enjoy because i don't know when or if that game's coming out oh well thank you anyway well, yeah it, it got canceled so it doesn't matter anymore dan but i'm happy it's coming out for you i like advance war but you know i have fire emblem which uh, is yes. like my advance wars <laughs> yeah certainly yeah. um but yeah that's so that's finally that finally has a release date april 21st mm. so uh, next on my thing, going down from the top, Grant Faroque had to give him a little conversation this week because he hasn't seen the direct yet. He's been on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how NASA gives him so much time off. He just toured Canada and then went on a cruise. What's going on in NASA? <laughs> I, 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 You really... would think space and rockets would be of utmost importance to us. And yet, whenever <laughs> I take a day off at my window factory in Nork, the world ends. It's as if nothing has happened that day without me. Yeah, we gotta be mindful of the skies, since I guess a UFO was shot down in Alaska. Uh, I, I, I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> see what happens. But uh, Grand Faroque, big fan of this next game, which is getting a sequel. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Steals Time. Yes. Yeah, Fantasy Life, where you can go uh, do some RPG realness, play different roles like a chef, a knight, a mage, and such, and develop job points. It was a big thing in our college years where Grant and John would play that separately, and I really wanted it, but I didn't have time at the time to Mm -hmm. get it, and it was right up my alley. But I'm happy for him that he's getting a new fantasy life on the Switch. Oh, I might dabble in this too. It looks good, yeah. It looks looks really cool. And this was secretly the level 5 direct. They had, like, ten different games coming out. That's true. That will bring me to the next topic, if mm-hmm. I may. Let me see here. I'm going back through the list. Yes. Where is it? I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Deca, Deca Police. Yes. Which looks very me. It looks amazing. I'll be picking this up as well. Just beautiful character designs in a stupid cyberpunk world. You're you're like going between the real world and the digital realm, and you're solving mysteries and fighting crime. Yes. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. It has that unique level five flair to it. Uh, so I I am quite pleased that yep. that is coming out. And it has RPG elements as well, mm-hmm. uh, in RPG battle simulators. I think this looks good. Out of the detective games that revealed this direct, this will be the one I'm choosing. Of course. Um, but continuing level five, a man came back into my life by the name of Professor Layton. He did. <laughs> we got a tease for a new game. He gave us a subtle wink to camera. And I said, at last, Layton returns, and hopefully we'll be better than the last game that we got. From the series. He's in a steampunk paradise. He is, Dan. He's solving puzzles. Uh, yeah, I think we just, like, the title just dropped for that, and then... And I don't... the new world of steam. Yes. Um, so then, there was also some of these, again, these are you articles. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we've got Disney Illusion Island. Yeah, which is like Raymond with Disney, Raymond Origins with Disney characters. Um, and then we got the uh, Etrian Odyssey 1 plus 2. Re- plus 3. Or, or classic, yeah. yeah. Like all three of the, the original ones with new art and They everything. don't look that good though, Dan. Ah, I was just simply bringing up the news. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I yeah, got too many games. <laughs> I know, especially for an over... It, it's kind of overpriced for that trilogy, I think. Mm-hmm. They could have added more, but... Uh, yay, Etrian Odyssey fans? Yeah. I've never met one, but <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, among us. Anyone you run into on the street could <laughs> be. <so. laughs> and, uh, I guess I'll do two back-to-back then. Uh, I won't be getting this, but apparently Year of Kirby. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe is coming out soon. And yes. it's got a Maglo- Magdalore mo- mode. <laughs> yes. Magalore. You, you can play as, as Magalore. <laughs> and, um, you know, go through and uh, recollect his powers or mm-hmm. regain, I guess, his dark magic. And then, uh, you know, I would assume by the end of that campaign, you'll be fully powered again. It looks interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that should be a good game in general. Yeah, it was good on the Wii. When I played it, I mm-hmm. think it came out on the Wii. And uh, I mean, if you haven't played that, that's a good Kirby game, four player couch co op. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there's no online in it, though, Nintendo. We know your online is bad, but yeah. give us the option. Yes. <laughs> mm. But no, they won't. <laughs> so. No, they shan't. Uh, the next thing, this game, I didn't know it comes out in a week or two. <laughs> and mm. I already pre ordered it. It's Octopath Traveler 2! <laughs> oh, that's. That's with it. Oh, okay, it's yeah. This month, Dan, and I didn't even finish the first one yet. I got to the last chapter and I didn't beat it yet. But I still have so many games. No, it's really a time crunch because oh. Tales of Symphonia also oh, comes out like next, next week. week. <laughs> uh, at the time of this recording, at yeah, least. Yeah, it'll be out, maybe. Um, but no, we got that. Uh, and then, I think surprising a lot of people, we got Bat and Kaitos 1 and 2 oh. uh, remastered. So, Well, you know me as an avid Monolith Soft fan. <laughs> Always supportive of them. Never, never dragged never their once. name never through the mud. I somehow missed this on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. But I do remember distinctly both Nintendo Power articles containing the first and second games. Yes. And I shall be picking this up to play it because I love a card battling system. Mm-hmm. And I love an RPG. And I love Monolith Soft. <laughs> Of course. So, it says it right there on your shirt. It so. will be an instant purchase for me. Uh, shall we discuss DLC a bit? Um, well, real quick, mm-hmm. if we want to list down the ones that we have less of an emotional attachment yeah, to. Yeah, let's do that. Um, there was also uh, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. It looked good. I, I didn't understand what was going on, but it's like choosing chaos, order... Yeah, we know a lot about that. Choosing chaos, oh, we'll, but we'll, we'll get to control, that. But yeah. um, it, Harmony, it looks like a um, I don't want to say like a visual visual uh, novel, yeah, yeah, like kind of like that. Um, and then uh, let's see, Rain Code, which has been previewed before. I think we mm. touched on that once or twice. Uh, and then otherwise, it was kind of going through the list of ones that have already been announced. Oh, and then obviously your Bayonetta prequel. Yeah, Bayonetta prequel, which I can't play until I beat 3, which is foreseeably way in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's an art style. It's totally different from a normal Bayonetta game. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll pick it up, but I don't think it should be 60 bucks at this point. No, of course. Even though it's a full-fledged game. Uh, we get we love Katamari Reroll. Flash Plus Royal Reverie. Yes. More Katamari on the Switch is always fun. Uh, Shake It Amigo. Yeah, Samba de Amigo. Samba de Amigo. How do you not know Samba de Amigo? He's an iconic Ooh, Dan. 
Well, yeah, I, by I the Sonic team. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Fashion Design Institute. <laughs> yeah, I'll be skipping that. Um, uh, and... Tron Identity for Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Dead Cells getting Castlevania DLC. Which looks really good. Yeah. If you haven't been convinced to pick up Dead Cells yet, that might. Um, and then beyond that, we got the biggins and your game DLC. Yes, so DLC, Dan. What a time. First they give me the Xenoblade 3 DLC, which I still haven't gotten through. I haven't barely touched the DLC aside from getting the, uh... The hero mm-hmm. included in it, and I think I was going to do that last after I beat everything. We got two more waves of coming. We got another hero who's a butterfly girl obsessed with making accessories. Love that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And then, as they will do with Xenoblade 2, it looks like they're saving the biggest thing for the end because we got a future version of Sulk, Shulk and a future version of Rex, and yeah. Rex got the greatest glow-up that I've ever seen in video game history. You fucking blew up the internet that I day. I said, this is an attractive man. That turned into that. There's still hope for me, perhaps, maybe, down the line. It's... But I will be buckled up. Even Gabe commented, he said, I've seen you play in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 a lot. And I said, I know I am. Yeah. It's just a good game, Dan. You've, you've you've been you've been absorbed into that world, and now you're getting the oh, payoff. Yeah, with all those boys, up, I, so. all those men now, not boys no longer, Dan. Men, with and he's dual wielding Pyra and Mithra. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy for you that the yeah. Xenoblade world is. Opened Show, up. Showing yeah. no signs of slowing down, yeah, really. opened so. my eyes. Uh, I'm still waiting for their next game, apparently. Just as big, where they might do a medieval thing, which I'd super be into. Um, and then we get some Splatoon 3 DLC. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, eh. Because the first DLC is just returning to Inkopolis. Mm-hmm. It's the nostalgia, the $5 nostalgia bonus. Um, well, <laughs> were you, yeah. Because I was watching that part, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, cool! What do they do?" And then it's like the same stores <laughs> and options are oh, available. Here. I will be playing in Inkopolis, <laughs> though. There's no doubt in my mind. If the Sid sisters, uh, Squid sisters, are serenading me during Splatfest, I shall be there. And we got some new uh, shopkeeps there. So to clarify, they're not dead. Oh no, the Squid sisters? No. They're alive. Tragedy didn't befall them in no, the storyline. Okay, they lived. I, I didn't. They're I, in every game, Dan. Because I've only I've only been a tangential viewer yeah. from what's going on on the outs. So I I assume that something oh you'd horrible... know if Marie or Callie died, <laughs> and we'd be having a funeral. <laughs> Grant would be flying in. You'd be lighting a candle every. Yeah. Day, but I I just wanted to make sure. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're both still okay. And yes, all right, good. good. And good. you don't understand how much Matt and Ga- uh, Greg. Matt and Grant simp for this game. Mm-hmm. They've been playing nonstop, and uh, so the first DLC I was like, fine. And then the second one, that's where the meat and potatoes are. Yes. All uh, Splatoon Two, which had the best DLC I've ever seen Nintendo do with the Octo expansion. Mm-hmm. It was like such good DLC for such a cheap price. Um, this one is called Side Order, mm-hmm. and I think it figures into Splatoon 2's final Splatfest, being that Order lost. We're going to okay. see what if Order consumed the world, and we get, like, the faded coral, uh, white monotone look. Bleached coral. Yeah. Ooh, very yeah there's a lot of lore in this game, Dan. Okay. Um, and we are going to learn more about Pearl and Marina, who were the heroes from Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. And fan favorites. Everybody loves Pearl and Marina and its backstory. So okay. I'm thoroughly excited to play it and enjoy it. Of course. Yeah. Maybe oh, you should play Splatoon once in a while. 
There's a lot of lore. Well, I would have to grab it and work my way up to your guys' level. It's so. fine. It doesn't take long. It's not like you play the game 24 hours like some of the people in our, in our group. I don't know. It. I didn't even partake I... in the Splatfest this week with milk chocolate getting creamed currently. Uh, it's a good pun. Yeah. Uh, but the I, I don't know. Because it's, it's like... I should. Because I think I'd like it. But yeah. it's like... Listen, to compete with you guys in Smash... Mm-hmm. I have to, like, Goku train with, like, weighted clothing for, like, months at a time. To well, even, a, it is a game of skill. To even slightly. <laughs> so it's like, do I want to add another game to that lineup of, like, yeah. y- you know, I, I don't know. But maybe. Because mm. it, it, it does it does look enticing, so. Yeah. Uh, big one. The one that opened the direct. Pikmin 4. What about your Fire Emblem Engage? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Fire Emblem DLC. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to say about Fire Emblem. I didn't have much time to play it because I had to play all these bonus paralogues that unlocked, and I only got through two. They are meaty, meaty chunks, Dan. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing on hard, and let me tell you, these paralogues, they're hard. The Tiki paralogue took me an hour and a half, Dan. An hour and a half in Fire Emblem, and then I just beat the Soren one, who Mm -hmm. I love Soren. I love these character choices. We're getting Soren, Hector, and Camilla first. Yes. Um, and then Robin Crom, uh, Veronica, and more down the line. Yeah, another pair, I yeah. think. Yeah. That's uh, Crom and Robin. Canonical husbands. No, I know, oh. but there was another one. I think there was like two magic people oh, also paired yeah. together from an yeah, older game, yeah. but I don't remember who. Uh, but, but it's great, and I like I like I said once I finish Xenoblade, Fire Emblem will take that slot, of course, and I will try to get through it because I'm loving it. It's a lot of challenge, it's gooberness, but the DLC is adding more and more. Still, fingers crossed for that new game plus. Mm-hmm. Even though everything they've added kind of like makes the grind a little bit better because there's so much. Mm-hmm. Like when you boot up the game every time, there's a skirmish. And then you can do that, and then you have to train in a paralogue. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still in Chapter 7. I'm not going to move forward with the story until I finish everything, because it scales based on how much you get through the story. Of course. So if it's challenging for me right now... At, it's going to remain At the start, it's going to get even more so okay. challenging. So. That actually makes... That justifies it, then. I know yeah. that's your play style anyway, but yeah. that, that... Okay, if they justify it that yeah. way... And it makes sense in the, the loose story we have, because Tiki's like, I gotta find my old friends! Mm-hmm. Will you help me now? Okay. Yeah. But it, it's a beefy game. Mm-hmm. So I shall be playing that for the foreseeable future. Uh, what was that? Oh, Pikmin 4. Yes. The big one, Dan. God, it looks pretty. It does. Uh, John Farouk and the, the Woomi family were celebrating as well, because they do love Pikmin. I haven't pre-ordered it yet, because I want to give it its just due. I love Pikmin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a certain anxiety that comes with Pikmin, with, which is meeting a deadline, which always freaks me out in every game. Yes. I do not like deadlines. I do not like missing deadlines. Um, I'm always worried I'm going to skip over something. Or, you know, be a miss. But Pikmin 3 did a good job with that. It was like if you collected one or two fruits a day, mm-hmm. you were good. You had like a, a bounty of fruits to go on. But I will be playing this at some point. I'm sure you'll be getting it before I will. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for it this mm-hmm. time. I uh, I did play Pikmin 3. I didn't I didn't get when it when it released on the Switch. I didn't pick it up a second time. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy Pikmin 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Pikmin 4 is, is like, uh, again, with that Wii U era, it feels like everything is like a big gray blob in my mind, so I'm trying to think. Uh, but, but with this Pikmin 4, it's, it's like, I, I can really get into this one, because we got Dog. Yeah. 
Uh, we got ice, <laughs> which so I'm cute. always happy so, with. So cute. Um, <laughs> you and, thought Rock Pikmin couldn't get better? Well, Rock is my favorite. Everyone, everyone's there. They're in the box yeah, art. Everyone's so. there. Yeah. Everyone. If you love a pink better. Pikmin, if you feel like a purple Pikmin. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. So all all good to me. Yeah, and we've got new captains. They always do like a twist at the end of Pikmin, which like reveals and connects it to the greater world. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah, I just want the return of Shoujo. <laughs> My favorite character, the president of Hokkaido Freak. Freak. Oh, okay. I love okay. him so yeah. much. He's, <laughs> he's just like a Jonathan character. He's like, I'm going to go take care of business halfway through that game. <laughs> and there was no greater reveal than like, I get to play a shoujo. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess, uh, well, they've been keeping track of the lore. They yeah, gotta know. Yeah, they, they gotta yeah, know. Yeah. So This it, one it, definitely looks more Earth-like, though. Even though apparently we've been to Earth before, there seems to be, like, actual dwelling areas that we're going into. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of Zelda nighttime yeah. curse that takes effect. Yeah. The blood moon rises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it consumes all. Uh, did we talk about the big remake in the room? I'd like to, if that's okay. Go ahead. We, uh, very surprisingly, because, uh, like, the, the preview started, and I could not believe it, we got Metroid Prime 1 remastered. Yeah. Well, you couldn't believe? I, Question mark? It's been rumored for years, Dad. It's been rumored for years, but it's been rumored for every Direct. Uh, it's I, been rumored before every Direct for, like, five years, I, so don't you I figured it was coming. Me. Calm it, down. It's been, like, yeah. it, it's been, like... Every single rumor sheet has been Metroid Prime. You had to wait a little bit. What about my wait for Mother 3? (laughs) (laughs) You had to wait a small little year or two. GBA on the virtual console. Oh, God. um, But no, uh, it not only did it release, but it basically just dropped that day. Uh, I Mm -hmm. immediately loaded it up, and I am loving it. Yeah. Obviously, Metroid. You've never played before? Uh, I I've played Metroid Prime before, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, again, it's just a it's just a fantastic game, mm-hmm. and and I think for once I don't even have to speak from a technical standpoint because the general consensus is that they did a very good job. Yes, it looks gorgeous. I hear. I ordered the physical, so yeah. that'll be a a downtime summer game if I get it because I that's my favorite in the trilogy. I do love three more than the average bear though. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like 3 because it feels a little bit too streamlined, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of fun with 3 when it released. I hope that we get the other ones as well that were rumored. Um, there's no way Nintendo would put them in a collection because mm-hmm. they're going to sell gangbusters individually. So yeah. that was never on my radar. As we reinforced. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do enjoy Metroid Prime. It's a classic game. Go out there and play it if you haven't. Please And get do. ready for Metroid Prime 4, which will come... I mean, hopefully before the solar flare hits us. <laughs> I it, it is just so good. Mm-hmm. It is... I, I think revisiting it in this capacity, it's it might be jumping to one of my faves. Yeah. But it is... Um, How are the controls, Dan? I it, hear nothing about these controls. Like butter. Like butter? They uh, famously... I guess the setup in the original Metroid Prime was, if if you recall... The camera and your aiming reticle were like linked to the same stick, yeah. I believe. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it, it, or, or it was, it was not it like was, you had it, to press something yeah. else. You had to, to hold like, something down, I believe, to get the reticle to move. Now with the switches, two joysticks, you, you could do both. Uh, that's that's a thing of the past. But you can also switch to the classic control scheme. But on the switch, it it handles nicely with the new control setup. Um, and again, in terms of a remake, it is a, like, from-the-ground, 
everything looks better, the textures look better, the lighting is really good. It's, again, as far as people have judged it online so far, it's like, because, you know, people, rightfully so, get picky when when huge games like this are remade, mm-hmm. or remastered, or whatever. Um, but this one seems to be a genuine technical step up. I yeah. think the only... The only nerd debate I saw going on was that the doors are different, but mm. the doors match the Metroid Prime 2 doors. Okay. So it's like maybe some of these assets are being used for something else. Yeah. Perhaps. So we'll see. But excellent game. Mm. I've been recommending it to folks left and right. Just mm-hmm. go and play it now that it's on the Switch mm. at your convenience. A so. few things we missed before the last big one. Okay. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy, of course, is coming. Yes. Always at the back of our minds because we love those games. Mm-hmm. There has That has to be, like, the first thing we do, like, live or something like that, where we, like, meet up and play that. I would to, love like, that. To, like, a recorded thing. We've been... We've been teasing that. We have to find... I ha- I don't have time, Dan, is the thing. I need time. Yeah, I know. Uh, even if we, like, put aside a day, because then we'll have the podcast and this, but I need... I want to do it. Yeah, we just need to figure it out. Well, leave leave it to me. I'll, 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 <laughs> Alfonso, I'll work on that. is that um, you? I'll... Two chibi boys needs to go on because we've been talking about doing a let's play for mm. a little bit. I think that would be pretty fun. Yeah, and it doesn't have and to. We be start anything... with the original. Ugh. It doesn't have to be anything groundbreaking. Yeah. Even it's just like if we if we I think most how most of those things work if we just record like a couple of hours and then release them in segments. But yeah. we we obviously we got to find the right game. It yes. could be Mega Man Battle it could, Network. It could. All uh, I know is if it's something I do, my hundred percent OCD mindset's gonna kick in, and you're gonna have to go. No, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to slap me aside. There's, there's so a lot of potential there. Yeah. So, but uh, it's on the list. Uh, we also have Have a Nice Death, which is another game that I think Dan would enjoy. It's like a roguelike where you're playing the Grim Reaper. I'm gonna pick that up. I said this. This I, I could tell when it when a game is shown how off it's gonna get Dan. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's one of them. I'm like, that's a that's a Dan pick. And I then, factor that in for you too. So. <laughs> all right. And then the last one, I wanted to give it a mention. Oh wait, no, there's there's one more semi big one before that one. I just saw, but uh, there's like that weird. It's like air hockey. I don't know if you know what it was like. No, I know what you're talking. I forget the name of it though. Find the name of it, but it's like an air hockey game that's kind of like Overwatcher that Omega Strikers, which looked kind of decent. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had like unique character designs there, so that's why I'm giving it a shout out. But of course, something that's coming to the Switch that I never would have expected. I thought it would be Kid Icarus. If Kid Icarus Uprising ever comes to the Switch, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die on the spot, Dan. I'm gonna have a heart attack and die because that's all I ever wanted. And I thought I was gonna get it. I was like, my god, it's coming, it's coming. But not yet. Uh, Of course, we had... Oh, we had Sea of Stars, too. Yes. Uh, sea of Stars, Chrono Trigger, Spiritual Successor. I backed that on Kickstarter. Please play that. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Uh, not Ghost Trick. Oh, Ghost shit. Trick. Yeah. Phantom Detective. Come yeah. back. Back from the dead. There we go. I'm so excited for that because I missed it out on the original system. And I've heard nothing but good things and the prices are sky high. I will be picking this up because I loved the concept, but I was too, um, I was young and unafraid mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I didn't have the common sense to pick it up. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is, which is the case for a lot of these games. Yeah. We, we missed the boat maybe. Yeah. Originally, Unlike but one of my best gaming purchases when, which is where I demanded Metroid fusion. I had barely played a Metroid game before. Mm-hmm. They said, this is it. This is going to change my life. And boy did it. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like we gotta, we gotta give 
where it's due to Kid Icarus. Yeah. I think a Switch port of that would be Yes! It would, would make it would wonders. be comfortable and it it's the bet it's my favorite 3DS game. Because to clarify, if we had had this podcast when that game came out, if you don't remember it, if there's any if there's any young zoomer oh here gosh. who doesn't remember the release of Kid Icarus Uprising, it came with a little plastic stand. Thingamajigger yeah. to to like put the the 3ds so on. you don't give yourself carpal tunnel as fast like because it was to the degree that and it was I, tested I played without it I loved the pain <laughs> I welcomed it and it, but it was like it was like insane it was like we we designed this game in a certain way the only way we could get it to work was to like put this apparatus yeah. <laughs> like on on a table but and what, then play it what a game mama. That that game needs more flowers. We need to yeah. give that game more flowers. So I think with like the trigger setup on the Switch It'd and everything, like, it would be, it, it would, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of people would fall into that game. And there's rumors about it being remade. That's what Sakurai's working on. Yeah. There's well, rumors. It was, that was one of his like pet projects. Yes, so his wife no designed reason. the menus like always. You know, so there's, there's, no, there's no reason not to. My god, if that ever comes, I'm done. But Ghost Trick... We'll be picking that up this summer. Yes. And Dan, why don't you lead us into the final game? We um, knew it was all coming. We got another trailer for the fast-approaching uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Just in time for my 30th birthday. And what are your thoughts? I I mean, I enjoyed the first one far more than I thought I was going to. Of course. I went into that until the final trailer. I remember the exact moment. I said when Zelda like had that crying scream... Mm-hmm. And chills ran through my body. I said, I'm a grown man watching this video game trailer, and I feel for this Zelda character like I've never felt before since Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up, and I remember it was like, I don't even know, I had like so much time back then. Yeah. I sat at that game, and I ate every crumb up of the original Breath of the Wild. I did too. And I want to do the same for the sequel. I love it. This new Link's design slaps. I love when we go to the sky. I love when we go underground. I love that Matthew Mercer is apparently voicing Ganon. Give me it. Yeah, it's, Give me it. it. It's a lot to unpack, but... Uh, again, same with me, and you know that I'm not, I am not necessarily, like, a completionist or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I also pretty much did everything that Breath of the Wild had to, yeah. like, it was just, it was one of those things that, that, you know, obviously, it's the big Zelda release on the new console, everyone's gonna play it, everyone's gonna, and, and, but, but it has, I don't know, it was just, it was just kind of, it a, just hit at it, that time, man, like, we were all doubting it, and then I was, it was, like, the first time I experienced, like, an open world game that I enjoyed, because mm-hmm. uh, that's a very tricky genre for me, usually it's too big, I get intimidated, now, everything is open world, Yes. and when I get, like, ten open worlds at the same time, it's too much, Dan, mm-hmm. I live in my own world, <laughs> which is yes. big enough and scary enough as it is, but, you know, fantastic game, I, I, you know, and... It seems like we're getting a lot of, um... The discourse that I've seen is... Is that people think it's too similar to the first one. Yes, but technically, 
so was Majora's yeah, mask. Yeah, and, and I would like, love if they had like a little reference in there, like the moon gets a scary face once in a while. But I, I, I'm well, trusting Nintendo with this one. I mean, in terms of references, if we're going back to the sky, then yeah. then that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what Zelda game took place in the sky? <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's... Uh, I don't know, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where... They can't show us a lot of yeah, what's going and on. Nintendo knows what they're doing. Like I will trust them with this. It may not be glow, uh, get as glowing praise as the first one. Yeah, because it is a sequel. Uh, they did hint that maybe Zelda could be playable, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people want. Um, I would enjoy that as well. Um, even make this two player in some form, and that would, that would, and like everyone be obsessed with that if they yeah. make Breath of the Wild two player in some way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to trust Nintendo on this one. Like, I, I've done it before and it's scalded me like a hot pan on the stove. And there's other, like, there's, like, little passing, like, I've seen things that have, like, prompted people to theorize. Like, there's, like, a line that Ganondorf says, like, attack this kingdom and her allies. Yeah, so we're it's getting, like, we're getting more world building for Hyrule and the adjacent countries. I would love. Yeah. Because in terms of character designs, I thought that Breath of the Wild was, like, top tier. But we just it didn't gave us like, Sidon. It gave us Urbosa. It gave uh, yeah. us all the characters. So if there's even more people, like, chilling in Hyrule mm-hmm. now, I think that that would be pretty awesome yeah um oh it's like good. The, uh, i yeah. i mean i hunted down that collector's edition i got the amiibo i did what i did had to do when i missed out on the first one mm-hmm. and i mean i love this link design with the longer hair yeah. it's great it's gonna be a fun time dan yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I I do think that that it stands the chance that it's going to come out, and maybe maybe the reviews will be less so. It's not going to be as innovative, yeah. probably. Well, it's but, changed the face of gaming. Yeah, but it's going to build off of. It, it seems to be building off of like things that people enjoyed doing in the first game, like that that that, that build your own nuts and bolts car yeah. thing. <laughs> like <Banjo. laughs> people seem to have fun with like a lot of those traversal mechanics mm-hmm. and custom stuff in the mm-hmm. first ones. Well, so, Nick Offerman wouldn't want to play this game. Uh, yeah, so it, <laughs> it, it it's it's no, it, it should be good, and it's very soon. We're going to know soon. Yeah, so it's only three months away. I'm not even finish Xenoblade by then, probably with all the nine shows I'm going to see. I'm gonna have no free time. Yeah, we're going we're going to we're going to see a show next weekend. Yeah, we're gonna go see. Apparently, I'm not gonna say anything, but a certain help star uh-huh. until she's there because it's a matinee. I'm yeah, well, o- always worried. I mean, I'll enjoy it nonetheless, but I know I'll have that secondhand. Well, she's not here today. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to jinx it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. early enough in the previews, and she seems to be staying safe with the mask and everything, mm-hmm. so um, it should be fine. Of course. It should, but I make no promises, Dan. Of course. Well, that was the Nintendo Direct, a la all our news this week, and it's almost an hour into this podcast already. Mm-hmm. Shall we skip the tangent? Yeah, yeah, I don't have any tangent. No, all good. Except for the thing that I told you over message. Yeah. Um, our goober... You know what? I'll save that for a future episode. Right. I will save the lore for that for when I have lore to provide. Always I, keep guessing, Dan. I assure you, I have been working tirelessly <laughs> yeah. on art... But I have been, like, uh, uh, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. Mm. Uh, there are, like, five things that are close to completion, but none of them are presentable yet. So I assure you, <laughs> uh, the project was not abandoned in the background. No, no. They are all... I got that spreadsheet growing into into different tangents, so it's... Good. We got stuff coming. But I am excited for today's content. As am I. Um, so... Today, rolling into the room now, mm-hmm. uh, dressed in a cloak, 
He's been wandering the globe, uh, you know, trying to improve himself. Got stamps on him. He does. Uh, it's been it's Ultra Drawing Board Two, the final challengers. Wow. He's stronger than ever. He yeah. has he has he's a stoic martial artist now. Um, I think he's ready for a challenge. Yeah. Um, so today. As promised last week, we are focusing on Street Fighter II, the animated movie. And yet again, Dan said, I'm going to gag Jonathan. And he did. Good. <laughs> in a good way, I hope. Yeah. No. Yeah. Gag means good in the drag link. <laughs> um, because this is a very good movie. Uh, but very good anime. Um, but uh, directed by Gisabora Sugi. Uh, it is a 1994 anime film adaptation of the fighting game of the same name. Mm. And just like last week... I gotta take a deep breath, because we gotta talk about the game itself. Yeah. Me, I played Street Fighter in passing, so I don't have a big investment to the Street Fighter world. I played it, I know who mm-hmm. Chun-Li is, yeah. I know Vega, I know everybody, uh, by character designs, but, you know, I was never good at fighting games. Um, more or less, well, okay, I have played... A few Street Fighter games. Mm-hmm. I have I have amassed a small collection of them in my own right uh, on the consoles that I've had available to them. We're going to be picking up. I might. Pick yeah. Up well, six. no, I might as well because it looks um, good. But uh, I have always kept like a side eye on it because I love the character designs. Yeah. Capcom yeah. for. For all their faults, Darkstalkers, this everything, Mega Man, yeah. Resident Evil, like yep. I, I, in Breath of Fire, mm-hmm. I, I've looked on my shelf. All of the art books I have yeah. are from Capcom, so, so it's like they're they doing your something heart. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Street Fighter is no exception in terms of fighting games. They, they have produced my favorite lineups, yeah, and I agree with like the Tenpole series. I think Street Fighter is definitely the strongest when yeah. compared to like Tekken. Um, uh, and others. And they all have their own strengths. I yeah. think Mortal yeah, Kombat yeah. is yeah. cool in its own way, yeah. and Tekken is obviously cool. Like, they're all kind of undergoing their own, like, renaissance age, sort of, now. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I've dabbled in all of them over the years, but the ones that always stand out to me have been Street Fighter and the associated Capcom fighting yes. games. Um, so, Street Fighter 2, in a similar vein to Final Fantasy 7 of a few weeks ago, uh, is generally regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time. Mm. At the very least, it is one of the most important fighting games ever made. Um, so the original Street Fighter, released uh, in arcades in 1987, featured just Ryu and Ken uh, as the only playable characters. Uh, it introduced the six-button control setup and the best-out-of-three match system that is still used in Street Fighter. And I think Marvel vs. Capcom, a lot of those still use it today. Um, you know, so these were always released as arcade cabinets. Uh, obviously, they, they had, like, the recognizable setup. Um, there was also an alternate Street Fighter cabinet that was released with a pressure-sensitive control system, so you could, you know, apply more pressure to deliver a a more powerful blow uh, in the game, but that was very temperamental and more expensive to maintain, so gradually those were phased out with, um, you know, the regular controls. And a lot of this, a lot of the info I'm including here is just shit that in the course of researching this movie, Mm. I was just genuinely interested to find out, because I didn't know a lot of this about the Street Fighter franchise, so that was, um, you know, it's gone through a lot of evolutions. 
So the game itself, as in Street Fighter 1, was technically innovative for its time, uh, but its sequel would make the series a global phenomenon. Mm. Um, so again, I do not consider myself an expert in fighting games, but from the the uh, cursory knowledge that I have of fighting games of the era through YouTube documentaries and, and other, you know, cultural osmosis, is that a lot of fighting games before then, uh, you know, if you're basing them off of arcade machines, it was like two similar-looking character sprites. Uh, you play against a friend. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of variety, and it would mostly come down to, like, <clears throat> you out-buttoning your opponent. Yeah. Um, so, where Street Fighter 2... Uh, so, so Street Fighter 1, quiet, kind of under-the-radar release. Did some new things, created some series staples, but was not met with much fanfare. Then came Street Fighter 2, which was released to arcades in 1991. Mm. The roster expanded from two characters to eight characters, all of whom have become iconic yes. in their own right. Yes, each and every one. Uh, defeating the other seven fighters allowed players to challenge the four boss characters of the game. So that's, that's eight playable characters and then four recognizable villains who you could not take control of mm -hmm. but would always provide the final gauntlet so of course this roster consists of stoic japanese martial artist ryu and his american friend rival <laughs> frenemy ken yeah. um return from the first game in the first game they entered the competition that sagat put on uh, to, to become the greatest fighter in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, that plays loosely into the story of Street Fighter 2, uh, but, you know, canonically, they Ryu emerges victorious in that, um, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. they've been been fighting since. Uh, then we have Chun-Li. I'm the uh, bad guy. Call uh, me Chun-Li. The <laughs> uh, Chinese Kung Fu master and Interpol agent. Uh, Guile. Who doesn't love Guile? Yeah. Uh, an American Air Force yep. major. Yep. Uh, I think quite famous. I, I think, I don't remember if it was in 2 where you could do the Guile kick maneuver that was invincible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, John, our friend of the podcast, <laughs> probably knows how to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, famous for that. Uh, Zangief, a, a boisterous Russian pro wrestler. Uh, Dalsim, mm -hmm. uh, a esoteric yoga master hailing from India. Blanca a green-skinned, <laughs> electricity-wielding mutant from Brazil. Yeah. What's not to love about that sentence for Dan? <laughs> <laughs> what could you? Yeah, it's not to love. No, I know, I'm just saying. It's got everything. Um, e. Honda, a Japanese sumo wrestler. Um, and then we get into the four boss characters. So returning from the first game, uh, who you know, being the final boss of that game, is Sagat a Muay Thai master hailing from Thailand. Uh, again, he was the final boss in that first game. He was a... In the canon of the universe, he was like a national hero in Thailand, mm. and he put on this, like, uh, tournament in order to showcase that he was indeed the best in the world, and Ryu bested him. Um, canonically now, he was scarred physically from that battle, and, you know, falling into a deep despair, he kind of turned to villainy and is now serving as M. Bison's right-hand man. Uh, the next boss character is Balrog. Um, I'll get into their 
alternate names in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, but Balrog is a disgraced American boxer who has also fallen under M. Bison's influence. Vega, a, a Spanish ninja mm -hmm. and bullfighter. Mm -hmm. You can recognize him from the giant claws that he wields in his face mask. Personal fave of mine. And of course, uh, the big bad, in this version at least, uh, in some installments, uh, Akuma takes his place as the big one, but the one we know and love, M. Bison, uh, is the leader of the multinational criminal organization Shadow Lu, uh, and he fights using psycho power, mm. which is just like telekinesis uh, with a twist. Um, but uh, again, you know, this is this is some general trivia, uh, you know, for 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 the folks. Mm. So. Um, Balrog, Vega, and M. Bison had their names rotated in international releases, starting with the English release. Um, originally, Balrog, as we know him here, is named Mike Bison in Japan. <laughs> uh, because he is a like an American boxer, mm -hmm. and, you know, when they were thinking about how to release this and thinking how much exposure it would have, okay, this is going to be not only in the United States, but all over the world... They were pretty wary that Mike Tyson was going to sue them, mm. uh, because he's an obvious pastiche of Mike Tyson, yeah. and they, I, I guess especially at the time, Mike Tyson was fairly litigious, so mm -hmm. there was it was running too close to the chance that Mike Tyson would sue over a parody of himself. Mm -hmm. um, so, when it came time to localize the games, everyone's name just got bumped up, so um, uh, Mike Bison becomes Balrog in English. Uh, Vega, or, or Balrog in Japan became Vega for us. Mm. Um, and, uh, which ended up working because Vega is Spanish for star, I believe. Mm. Um, and so it does, it did loosely end up working out like that. And then... Well, Spanish is Estrella. <laughs> oh, that's... What is Vega? Uh, never mind. Mm. Uh, Ne I saw, I shall never listen to me. Yeah. Ne please never listen to me. And then uh, Mike Bison was changed into M. Bison, and then that was given to the final boss character. It means meadow. Meadow, okay. <laughs> Still, Spanish word, okay. So, um... He, uh... So, so when it said in conversation, it became short for Master Bison. So, mm. they found a way around it, and that's why... Between uh, the original Japanese version and the English version, because uh, to this day they still bear those original names in Japan, yes. uh, but they always get rotated for us. Mm. Uh, so that's just a little side fact there. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Oh, I see the next note, and I'm already jonesing. Um, so, um, or the. I, I, well, I apologize. Oh, hold on. Here you go. Okay. No, I got it. I got it. Um, each character has their own theme music composed by the legendary Yoko Shimomura. Kingdom Hearts. We just talked about Mario and Luigi in mm -hmm. Superstar Saga. Guess who? Yoko no. Shimomura. She, yeah. You know, she is, uh, if you've played it, she's probably composed for it. She's yeah. been active for like 40 years in the industry mm -hmm. at this point. So she... Legend. Yeah, uh, so each character pretty much gets their own image song, and that's another staple of the series. Um, while not the first fighting game, obviously, Street Fighter II basically codified the genre and its associated mechanics and tropes. A few examples include, a lot of fighting game protagonists started channeling Ryu and Ken's balanced stats and movesets. Mm -hmm. So as 
you know, the, the technical capabilities of what these games could do increased, you would generally lean towards giving your hero, like, the, the jack-of-all stats yeah. setup. It would be, you know... The Mario setup. Yeah. Uh, jokingly, like, on TV Tropes and other places, it's called a Shota clone, because it's like a the, the baseline martial artist who has, you know, a large variety of, like, balanced attacks. Usually one projectile... And then yeah, an uppercut and things to that effect. Hmm. Uh, so if, if the characters were not a direct ripoff of Ryu and Ken, then they, uh, you know, would would channel that kind of build. And I apologize because I know sometimes people say Ryu <laughs> to uh, Ryu. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Ryu. Yeah. Um, so Street Fighter Two more or less created the fighting game definition of combos as we know them today. Uh, this exact style of button combinations would later find its way into other genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I wanted to make sure that I was not misstating any information here. From the sound of it, Street Fighter Two is one of the earliest examples of like a direct, you press these buttons in this order with these movements to do yeah, blank. Yeah, input commands, yep. Um, you know, but there were other aspects of Street Fighter Two where there were certain bugs that caused things to cancel out. And then when people played test builds of it and reported that back, it ended up being integrated into the game itself. Mm. So there's layers to this, and I, I do recommend that people look you know further into it because there does seem to be a pretty complex history there. But Street Fighter II did seem to be the, the, the origin point for combos as we know them. Mm. Um, and this would obviously extend into games in other genres uh, where, you know, hack and slash and and you know action platformers and stuff would require you to start doing lengthy button combinations uh it basically repopularized fighting games in the 1990s and sparked a renaissance for the arcade game industry in a larger sense one could assume that this game played you know a role in making competitive gaming what it is today because this you know it got people back into the arcades people wanted to challenge each other to street fighter 2 and it, it, this this kind of multimedia explosion of everyone playing this game in the arcades, then playing it on home consoles, uh, then doing a whole bunch of, like, music and movies and TV shows and cultural tie-ins, you know, bringing people back to the main game itself is going to elevate that and create a competitive gaming scene. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it probably led to, you know, what we have today in terms of, like, it being a public spectacle. So, uh, again, I'm assuming that there's a very complex history there, but by all accounts, this was one of the big starting points. Mm. Um, and it inspired tons of homages and and or ripoffs and or references in popular culture, uh, probably creating a few tropes of its own in the process. There's a lot of Ryu ripoffs out there, a lot of ripoffs of, of associated characters that kind of sprung up in in fighting games mm. as other companies were trying to put out competitors to this. Some of which became, like, really popular in their own right. Um, but I think that Street Fighter 2 can certainly be categorized in, like, iconic 90s culture. Mm. Like, if you wanted to picture, like, a default martial artist in the 90s, it's Ryu. So it, it it's kind of... Yeah, I, I yeah. think it kind of speaks for itself, but 
you got to think of the imagery of this game and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and everything that we knew and loved from that era kind of, you know, mixing together. Uh, Street Fighter II became the best-selling game uh, since the golden age of arcades in the 70s and 80s. By 1994, it had been played by at least 25 million people in the United States alone. Wow. Uh, worldwide, uh, more than 200,000 arcade cabinets and 15 million software units of all of the versions of Street Fighter II have been sold, uh, grossing an estimated $10 billion in total revenue, wow. uh, making it the third highest-grossing video game of all time, just behind Space Invaders <laughs> and Pac-Man. Uh, it held the record for best-selling fighting game for 28 years until Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, <laughs> Managed to surpass it in 2019. But, Dan, that's no party. That's no fighting game. It's that's a, party a party game. game. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, true, yeah. A game of skill, as we've said. Um, the Super NES port of the original World Warrior version sold 6.3 million copies, making it Capcom's best-selling ga- single game until 2013, where it was surpassed <laughs> by Resident Evil 5. Five? <laughs> um, however, it does remain Capcom's best-selling game on okay. a single platform. Uh, due to the game's massive success, it received a multitude of updated re-releases uh, that added new characters and features. And let me tell you, when I was putting these notes together, I kind of... I, 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 I got a little dizzy. Mm. I was looking through them, and I didn't want to, like, state an incorrect number, um, because counting off of a list... I believe there are, like, at least 11 distinct named versions. <laughs> Great. But... Those boil down to five unique revisions of the game. Mm. So it was five revisions, which then branch into different titles that were released on different consoles. So if if one thing came out for, like, the uh, the SNES, then, um, like, Sega would pay for their own port of mm-hmm. it which would come out under a different name. Mm. So technically different games, maybe sometimes with exclusive content, but mostly five main iterations of it. Um, So the the canon version of the game in terms of story is 1994's Super Street Fighter II Turbo, (laughs) The Ultimate Championship. Um... Accordingly, this version of the game was remade in 2017 as Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers, to celebrate the, the series' 30th anniversary. That was, I think, a launch title on the Switch mm. when it came out, so it kind of managed to, to, to come together for that. Um, and again, there is a lot, there is so much more history with this, this franchise than just what I can state here, but... I, I do recommend doing a deep dive in it. I'm, I'm sure that dedicated video game channels and podcasts have gone into it, but I was just fascinated to find a lot of this out. Like, one of the reasons that, that Street Fighter 2 got a Turbo version was because people were modding the original game to be faster and to have, like, better graphical capabilities. So, out of be it pettiness or just wanting to get ahead of the modding market... Mm. Capcom just made Street Fighter Turbo with the turbo control, like, with, you know, with that capability built into it to just supersede and wipe out the black market for, you know, modded versions of the game. And then that in itself led to tons of technical stuff with each installment Mm. therein. Uh, But in terms of 
reiterations of Street Fighter 2, that one that I mentioned in 2017 is so far the last one that is the last update that this game has received. Mm-hmm. So after the unexpected uh, success of the original Street Fighter 2 and its subsequent revisions and console ports, uh, Capcom decided to produce a feature-length anime movie based on the and series. we arrive at today's episode. The movie, simply titled uh, Street Fighter 2 Movie in Japan and released internationally as Street Fighter 2 The Animated Movie, uh, was first announced in 1993 at the same time as Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers, uh, the fourth version of the game. Uh, and it... Uh, Okay, just as that version of the game was being distributed to arcades. Uh, So it released theatrically on uh, August 8th, 1994. Uh, Unlike the live-action movie based on the franchise, Street Fighter II, the animated movie, seems to stay as faithful as possible to, uh, you know, the iterations of the game. Um, Several fight scenes and concepts and ideas introduced in this film... Uh, were then integrated into the Street Fighter Alpha series. So they kind of um, popularized how a lot of these characters behave Mm. and sound and fight, and those things carried into future installments. Uh, So soon after the release of this film, Capcom made a game titled Street Fighter 2 The Interactive Movie <laughs> Great. that follows the events of an upgraded monitor cyborg who we will see in the in the film recording various Street Fighter battles. It was only released in Japan. And this is like one of those things where you read it and your eyes start to go crossed yeah. because it was like this is not related to the game adaptation of the live-action movie which was titled Street Fighter The Movie The Game. <laughs> so it was like... Within this within this span of a year, Street Fighter fans were eating well, yeah. uh, perhaps to an overwhelming degree, mm. I don't know. They were buffeting. Um, so, uh, the film's initial American release in 1995 came with a sizable dose of censorship attached. Uh, they cut a lot of uh, Chun-Li's nude shower scene, um, like, and also removing blood and swearing. Uh, Manga Entertainment rectified this in 2006 with a dual-sided DVD uh, that contained an almost (laughs) uncensored version of the English dub and a completely uncensored version of the original uh, Japanese version. Um, In 2008, Netflix began streaming a fully uncut version of the English dub uh, with the English and Japanese soundtracks available back in the dub, because there is a big difference. Mm. Um, it is currently licensed by Discotech Media, who re-released the film on DVD and Blu-ray completely uncut, and I believe that is oh, the uh, that is that is the version that we are watching here today. Um, so uh, the movie was praised, uh, you know, when it was released, but it was still viewed as something of an oddity uh, because. Pretty much only Street Fighter fans went to go see it. Uh, In the decades since, it's become praised as one of the most underrated anime films of the 1990s, Mm. with special attention paid to the phenomenal animation, uh, you know, again, kind of canonizing the personalities (laughs) of many of these characters, um, and creating story elements for them that have been carried forward into current-day Street Fighter installments. Um, So... it's pretty much considered the closest thing to a canon adaptation of everything that was, like, pre-Turbo Street Fighter 2. Uh, it has, obviously, the fantastic Japanese soundtrack uh, from Shimomura. Um, 
and voice cast, and uh, yeah, again, many canon events. And even though it's adapting a very simple fighting game plot, mm-hmm. it still has a decent story cool. with lots of action in it. So it, even if it was working from what people would consider an excuse plot, it managed to make a compelling tale out of it. Um, dub note. The English version replaced certain tracks with new metal and grunge songs, okay. which will uh, are certain to immerse viewers in the spirit of the Good, 90s. Good, I've always wanted to go back. When they go back to watch it. By the way, if you wish to watch it, mm-hmm. I believe at least one version of this film is up on YouTube at the time being. Okay. For the time being, I would assume the English dub with the, with the grunge soundtrack, so go and check it out if you choose to. It might not be... Um, as crisp of quality as it is in, in other places, but still worth a watch, I think. Um, uh, the film includes a post-credits message promoting the then-upcoming live-action Street Fighter film starring uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia, which oh. released in December the same year. Mm. Um, and we discussed this last week off-mic. We are almost certainly going Good. to be bringing that live-action yes! film... In a yes! certain uh, sinister subseries, <laughs> uh, so expect that in the very I'm near future. Very excited! It for has that. been added. I love to the Raoul. Pot. I want to see him. Well, I do too. But it has been added to the pot. We're gonna we'll talk about that there uh, as like a tangential thing to this. But I, in cheesiness alone, it could qualify as Sinister Six. We're not gonna hate on it, but mm-hmm. there's obviously stuff to talk about there. So why this film? Everybody loves Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, even if I'm terrible at the games, uh, the Street Fighter lineup includes some of my most favorite character designs, again, alongside many other Capcom titles. Um, and as previously stated, the film itself has beautifully animated fight scenes. They are incredibly fluid and dynamic, mm. and it just looks not only great for the era, but just great in general. If there, if there is going to be a way to bring, like, video game, fighting game action... Um, into animation, you you want to look at something like this because I I think it really sets a standard for that. Yeah. So it, when I I sat down to kind of rewatch this on like a whim last year, um, and it really surprised me. Hmm. Like it it was like I was just sitting there and I'm like, oh god, this is actually really good. <laughs> and I believe I came to you the next day and I'm like, next Tre- chance I get, I'm yeah. bringing this to the podcast. I don't remember, but I'm sure you said that. Um. You have to again, assume I listen to everything you say. Then. It just it just pleasantly surprised me. Mm. So I, I'm I'm very excited for you uh, yeah. to watch it here. I, I've seen it before. Okay, in my okay. past, uh, it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I remember enjoying it. I haven't rewatched it since. Of but, course, uh, I, I'm I, like I said, I'm not good at fighting games neither. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to see this because I do love the Street Fighter franchise, despite not being good at them. Of course, yeah. Um. Well, without further ado. Uh, why don't we get into it? Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a strange, obvious-looking cyborg dressed in civilian clothing oh. standing in the corner this yeah, entire time. the whole time. Should we should we offer him coffee or something? All I can say is keep an eye on me, father. I won't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> And we are 
back, everyone, having just watched Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. And I think we got a positive response here. Any initial thoughts? Literally, it's this and uh, Vampire Hunter D. They did not have to go so hard. They didn't. They really didn't. And Dan has done it to me again. He's done it to me two weeks in a row. My my bowels feel empty. My mind is full. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. It was a good movie. It was great. It, Spirit cleansed. Yeah. It, it, is, it is a... You know, again, I sat down to watch this again on a whim, and it just... Thoroughly surprised me. Mm. Um, it it is really a a great kind of like underrated movie. Yeah, it definitely a good video game movie. Yes, um, it it should be counted in the ranks. Uh, you know of of better video game adaptations, and certainly <laughs> you know of just nineteen nineties anime movies. Um, like a lot of characters showcased here. Obviously, not all of the ones that we, you know, we we li- I, we listed like the base eight yeah. roster yeah. in the in the beginning part. But this does include characters that were introduced in the updated, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, new challengers versions and stuff. Just, just yeah. Cammy and many other. Faves I wish Cammy had more to do, but she was there, so I was happy. Um, but yeah, good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you approve, we'll get into the plot. Let's go for it. Shall we go for it? <laughs> uh, and again, as we were going through this, you had many uh, deep memories unlocked I, in, in the process here. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, a lot of 90s energy flowing through this room. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in the beginning, we open on a, uh, a kind of a storm swept highway. Yeah. Very cool fight setting. Um, and we, we can see that two fighters are currently engaged in some high-level martial arts. Uh, as the lightning flashes, it becomes clear that this is none other than Ryu, of course, the famed protagonist of the first Street Fighter and mm-hmm. Street Fighter Two, all Street Fighters uh, since. And he is battling who we recognize as Sagat, mm-hmm. uh, who is now scarred and wearing an eye patch compared to what would have been his appearance in Street Fighter One. He is obviously still... Bearing the wounds of that final boss battle. Uh, They are fighting each other, uh, kind of uh, more or less evenly matched. And while this is going on, some sort of device is scanning the battlefield. (laughs) For charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Basically all the bravery, yeah. all of the innate qualities that it's somehow able to... But it is it is state-of-the-art, remember. 10% cheese. <laughs> well, that's what if it scanned me, but... Um, but something is observing this fight, giving, like, power readouts on the two fighters. Uh, it seems like, uh, Sagat will slightly have the upper hand, um, but Ryu is able to kind of turn the tables... And his power rating suddenly spikes as he charges up uh, what we recognize as uh, Hadoken. Hadoken? Um, and it's rendered beautifully in this movie. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the lightning kind of... Um, I, uh, words it are crackles, failing me. It crackles well. It, like, it looks physical in yeah, the animated I, medium. Yeah, I would agree. Like, sort of how... I don't even know what to compare it to. There's some stuff in Avatar maybe to compare it to if you need, like, a visual reference. But it's not, yeah. like, a standard, like, um, charge animation. Mm-hmm. It is the lightning kind of, like, dances across the surface of, like, their, their limbs and such and yeah. then kind of convenes in between this. So it's hmm. it's the best looking that a Hadoken had presumably <laughs> had been ever been up until that point. Yeah. Um, and with this technique, um, he is able to defeat Sagat, 
and he is thus logged in whatever computer data bank is observing them mm -hmm. as much more of a threat than he previously was. So he is now uh, on the radar of the evil Shadow Law organization. It's Shadow Lou, but uh, I, I'm, I think the Shadow Law thing was a mistranslation that this movie just carries the whole way through. Mm. I always thought it made sense because it sounds like Shangri-La. Oh. And I figured M. Bison would be the type to reference that. To seek that. a turtle paradise, yeah. Yeah, so I, but it is, it is technically just Shadow Lou. Mm. Um, so, uh, we, we cut to the, you know, uh, another location where a politician <laughs> is, uh, getting know, into a car, emerging Goodbye. from a press conference. Yeah. They're yeah. like, can you talk about homelessness? Can you talk about, uh, taxes? And he's like, no. I'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but emerging from the crowd is none other than Cammy. Fan fave, Cammy. Love um, her. Stan. Co correct me if I'm wrong, she's British military, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, she uh, emerges from the crowd uh, in her iconic outfit and mm -hmm. using, uh, you know, she she flips over the bodyguards, <laughs> spins the, the, the politician's spine yeah. in Twix. And you know what? <laughs> That's fine. I would love if Cammy did that to me. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't we're care if she's gonna, evil. It's fine. We're not, we're not going to slander Cammy on yeah. this. But this does look bad from a PR standpoint. Yes. Uh, in terms of why Cammy would do this, yeah. uh, but Cammy has just uh, committed a an assassination, um, and she is arrested. Mm. Uh, upon her arrest, she is, has no memory of these events, and it becomes clear that she has been brainwashed by the Shadow Law criminal organization, uh, who are now gathering some of the best street fighters from around the world, uh, mind-controlling them, and using them as political pawns, not unlike Zoolander. Yeah. And so. operating from the Jonathan Face Palace. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think his secret base... It's the it's I the love big it. Face. It's me. It's the big face. Yeah, it's a big face. Um, the mirror has two faces, Dan. I would have to assume some kind of cultural landmark that M. Bison hollowed out and destroyed, yeah. but again, it's that's the least of M. Bison's crimes in this in this movie, probably. Um, so, but but that is the general conspiracy that is going on: is that mm -hmm. Shadow Law presumably is going to try to to take over the world's many political institutions uh, by gathering these superhuman fighters yes. and turning them into these killers. Street fighters. Street fighters. Yes. Um, so then we, we get introduced to Guile, uh, doing what else but land in his plane. You know what? Guile and Chun-Li, the secret, uh, Dan Jonathan. Yeah. Relationship of the film. I was like, I'm feeling these two. Where's their film? And that was another s surprising thing about the movie. I never vibe with Guile, but I think Guile oh, is I pretty love, tolerable. Yeah, he's I like Guile, yeah. He's like one of those, like, this, this stuff gets discussed online a lot, but he's one of, like, the decent, like... Stupid American, according like, to this film, yeah, pro like uh, you, you know, like he's patriot, like he's like a he's an all American dude, but he's not the bad version of those tropes. He's like, yeah, he'd see a flag, but he wouldn't. He's like a heroic <laughs> asshole, and he's but he's uh, you know, uh, Guile, you know, lands and he is greeted by Chun Li, um, who is uh, you know, obviously a Chinese uh, kung fu master. I'm Chun Li, and. <laughs> yeah, Gu Guile is not impressed, uh, but she is working on behalf of Interpol, and she wants to work, because uh, this is like a joint operation between mm -hmm. Interpol and several of the world's militaries to bring down Shadow Law. Yes. Um, and Guile is is obviously, as we said, not impressed. He's like, I'm going to take him down myself. I could care less. And Chun-Li is like, no, we have to be strategic. We have to work together. Mm. 
Um, so these two are going to be buttonheads. Uh, so back at, uh, I think this is the, the scene where it's the, it's the four of us rolling oh, up to record the I Christmas episode. I put it right <laughs> down, so we get, uh, Bison along with Balrog, Venga, and Sagat, they enter the room, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, that's just us recording the podcast. It's just an extended scene of the four of them walking through Shadow Law's evil base, um, and, uh, when M. Bison, you know, kind of sits down in his throne, uh, he is greeted by a like his top scientist who informs him that the latest model of Monitor Cyborg has been uh, completed and is already engaged in active fieldwork uh, in observing fighters. Um, so again, this new Cyborg, it's a very standard, like, Terminator-looking design. Uh, they usually just dress it up in regular clothes yeah, to blend in. a firefighter, in, a Barbados bed. And no one, like Summer Breeze, no one notices... That the cyborg is there, uh, but it has, you know, very powerful computing technology that then beams the information back directly to Shadow Law via a satellite network. Mm -hmm. And to you kids out there, that was a big deal in the 90s. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Um, How else would I watch my fights? (laughs) So we get introduced to Ken and his future wife, Mm -hmm. uh, Eliza, in this... Eliza! Um, and, you know, Ken is, is being Ken, he's, uh, like, oh yeah, I just came from a fight, he was a little tougher than I, I first imagined, but he's living the life, mm-hmm. um, he's obviously living a much more metropolitan life than Ryu. his old pal Ryu is, yeah. um, but they do still think about each other. Um, then we cut to a movie set, uh, where Fei Long is starring mm-hmm. in some kind of martial arts picture, but he is not currently present because he he is off uh you know the underground fights yeah there's a there's an in a nearby building a underground fight pit has been set up uh fei long being you know being the martial artist he is goes to check it out and sees that ryu has been tossed into the ring due to a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. Uh, ryu makes short work of the unnamed opponent that he fights, that I, who I, I don't think is any named character. There's a few unnamed, like, just beefy dudes who appear throughout the movie. Mm. Um, but then, you know, impressed with Ryu's skill, Fei Long jumps into the ring. And obviously, yeah. Fei Long being Fei Long is the, the Bruce Lee pastiche. He, uh, you know, makes a lot of the same sounds while fighting and has a lot of the same movements. I think he has a few fire-themed techniques. Mm. Um, and he kind of manages to get Ryu on the ropes for a little bit, yeah. uh, but Ryu ultimately emerges victorious in that fight. Uh, but we see that they are still on good terms because yeah. they're, they're chilling afterwards. He's walking around without shoes, Ryu. Well, he's get ringworm. Does. He's fine. He's a, he's a martial, he's like, oh, God. he's wandering the earth I don't know about without that. shoes yeah. and only a gym bag. Get tetanus, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are, you know, they're chilling and then walking through the surrounding village. Fei Long is, like, complimenting his skills, but he's like, you know, you should be careful because there's rumors going around that Shadow Law has been targeting fighters like us. Yeah. So it's best to keep your head on a swivel. Um, but Ryu doesn't seem to put much stock in it, uh, and he kind of just drifts off in the opposite direction mm-hmm. from where Fei Long is. Yeah. So Ryu doesn't seem to form attachments that much. Uh, he does have friends, but he does not seem to stick around in one place yeah. for any given amount of time. Then I put down that Ken is in America just chilling with his girlfriend slash... I don't know what to call her. Eliza. His, Eliza! Yeah, yeah. His, his 
yeah, I think they get married eventually. Listening to tunes that my dad would listen to, aka Dan Ryan. Um, well, we, he fights T Hawk first. Yeah. Oh, that's coming up. That's um, in my notes. Who has a fifteen pack? Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah, because I think it's it's before the next. That is the next fight. So another monitor cyborg is kind of keeping tabs on Ken, um, who is in a warehouse fighting another character from the games, T-Hawk, um, who is a Native American-themed warrior uh, who, I think they said he practices, uh, like, Blackfoot karate or mm. something like that. Um, and he, as you said, has an 18-pack. Yeah. Ripped. Um, he is fighting Ken, and T-Hawk makes numerous references to the fact, like, I I expected more from you, like, you you expect me... I, he, he insults Ryu, somehow. He's like, you know, you think it's a point of honor that you're being, you know, that you trained with the, the stupid barefoot martial artist who's been, like, dropped off the map recently, mm-hmm. and Ken takes offense to this. Um, so, you know, there, I, I believe Ken wins that fight. And he departs. Um, but obviously, you know, between these two boys, they still flash back to, to training with one mm-hmm. another. Um, I believe their master was Goken, and he trained them in, you know, the assassination fist techniques, which were localized mm-hmm. as a Shotokan karate. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that comes from. Uh, so Ryu is then, you know, confirmed to be in India. We got, like, a little Akuma cameo. Yeah, who's just sitting there selling oranges and meat. Yeah, and it's I, it's obviously supposed to be, like, a little Easter egg, like, blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's just chilling there, like Blackbeard was in One Piece mm-hmm. originally. Um, but Ryu is, is, you know, walking the streets, and he accidentally bumps into a little girl who was running back to her... Mother to provide milk. To provide milk. Yeah. Um, and Ryu is shown to be kind and compassionate. Yeah. Here's $15, kids. Like he like he gives her money to go and buy more milk, um, and no use he, crying over it, Dan. Then we, yeah. So so he continues walking through this village, and he comes across this uh, this crowd mm. um, that are gathered to see none other than E Honda and Dalshim fighting mm-hmm. one another, yep. and. This is like one of the most game accurate. It is. Fights. I was like, this is very cool. It's like they both use moves Their from moves, the game. Yeah. Dalshim like does his little stretchy arm thing, mm-hmm. and then his float dodge maneuver. Yeah. So they all get their their you know because and it's literally you know uh, drawn from like a two D perspective, mm-hmm. so it looks like their fighting arena would. Um, and, you know, they're they're fighting each other. Dalshim kind of uses his, like, esoteric yoga telepathy to pin E-Honda down, like, like with, a, like, a crushing amount of, like, force. And, uh, but Dalshim, luckily for E-Honda, kind of becomes distracted mm. because he senses Ryu's fighting spirit uh, amongst them. Yes. Um, so, you know, E-Honda tries to take advantage of that and goes to, like, finish him off, but Dalshim's like, no, 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 I, you know, I surrender to you, like, this is bigger than us, like, have you ever sensed the spirit of a true warrior? Mm-hmm. Um, and E-Honda, you know, being big fun, is like, ah, whatever, give me my cash. Um, yeah, wanna come live with me? Well, not yet. Oh, That's oh, momentarily. Okay. All right. Um, there is a uh, like a local 
I believe, political or religious leader who is in this village, and he gets assassinated by what looks like another martial artist. Like, he looks like uh, he's he's unnamed, red-haired, uh, spiky-haired buff guy, mm. assassinates this politician, um, and then is picked up by other Shadow Law hitmen who open fire into the crowd and almost hit that young girl who had previously, Ryu had previously helped. Mm. And obviously this gets Ryu's attention, uh, he takes out the other hitmen, or some of them, and he's he's kind of like, you know, so this is his second encounter, and he's like, Shadow Law just does that? They just, you know, they just hurt innocents like this? So <laughs> his anger against them is building. But then E. Honda comes up to him and he's like, you take half my winnings because <laughs> we're, we're both Japanese fighters. Yeah. Come live with me. Come train with me. Well, yeah, well, that's the subtext. Uh, we don't, he doesn't okay. say that right. yet, but he's like, we're gonna. We're well, gonna... the next time we see him, they're in yeah, the same house. But that's but that adds to the <laughs> funniness of that scene because it's not brought up. He's like, we just got to stick together. It's but Ihan is cool. Yeah, I think I think down the line in the series, he he manages to open like his own bathhouse. He starts mm. a business, so he's cool. Um. So, uh, we cut back, uh, to America, where Guile is too big for his car, I wrote yep, down. Yep, hair just brushing the top of the car. He's got, like, a, a Mustang, uh, that he barely fits inside of, and, uh, he's reporting back to the military base, where Chun-Li uh, stops him. Um, mm-hmm. and he kind of, like, plays it like, don't get out of my way, I'm gonna run you over, yeah. and Chun-Li's not phased yeah, by Chun-Li's it. Chun-Li's like, if you would help me, like, this guy has killed my father. Ooh, I didn't mean to say that, but... <laughs> well, because she read in his file that, that Guile's friend was killed by M. Bison, mm-hmm. and Chun-Li, obviously, her backstory has M. Bison killing her father, so it's like, we both, in some on some level, want revenge, but we have to be smart about this, and, like, you know, make sure that it actually gets done. Um... So, Guile decides to take Chun-Li to go uh, meet another one of his contacts, who is none other than DJ, uh, who is running a club uh, in, I believe they're in New York City. Yeah, if you're you're military, you're flying down real low. (laughs) And, uh, you know, DJ is introduced, like, kicking some troublemakers out of his club. Mm -hmm. Um, He is unaware of the Shadow Law plot. But Chun-Li just, like, roundhouse kicks the head off a cyborg who's mm-hmm. standing off to the side. And she's like, these things are everywhere. <laughs> Even if you think that you're too low level for, like, you know, Shadow Law to notice you, they're they're purely going after skill. Mm-hmm. So they, they will find you, tell everyone to keep an eye out for these, you know, these monitor cyborgs. Yeah. Um, we don't see DJ again. But again, <laughs> it's just there to emphasize that he's in... The new versions of the game at the mm-hmm. time. Um, then we cut to Vegas, I believe, um, where Balrog is attending a, uh, a soiree with a bunch of... He says it's like a who's who of corruption. <laughs> so it's like a bunch of corrupt politicians and businessmen uh, who are whining and dining other people. Uh, another contact comes up to him and is like, we have some messages to deliver to, to, to Master Bison when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are mostly all there to watch a prize fight between Zangief, the Red Cyclone, and Blanca, the mutant from the jungles of Brazil. Yes. Uh, and both of them get to display their talents. Mm-hmm. Zan- Blanca electrocutes himself. Yeah, uh, and Zangief gets to do a really, really high uh, pile driver, uh, or what is it? The thing that 
Charizard always does. Uh, seismic toss. Size, yeah. He gets to do one of those, um, and, like, uh, there is, like, a moment where Zangief seemingly recognizes Balrog in the crowd, and Balrog is driven to such anger that he flexes out of his tuxedo, um, but we don't see the follow-up for that fight. But presumably, these are more fighters that are going to be recruited, or attempt to recruit. Uh, back in New York City, uh, we get the extensive Chun-Li yeah, shower she's scene. she's showering, she's just washing herself. And this was... I get the fan service, but still. Yeah, it was... It, it's gratuitous, it was... Uh, but it was... It, it was obviously going to be cut for the English... The original English mm-hmm. dub, because it's uncensored, full frontal nudity. Uh, yeah. So, they... It goes on for a while, Um Chun-Li has a big rotary phone in her yeah. apartment. Guile has... He's trying his, to call. Guile's driving there, trying to call. His car phone. You know? Not getting through. Uh, but Chun-Li goes to get dressed. Puts and on her mix, you know? Her, her vinyls. Uh, that reminds me, because in a previous scene, uh, in in their airship, mm. uh, M. Bison is with Vega... And they, like, look at Chun-Li's file, and M. Bison, like... do that creepy thing. He zooms in on, like, Chun-Li's body, and and he's like, Mmm. Yeah. How about this one? Do you want that, Vega? And Mm. it's like, you're... You have to assume that that in a deeper villainous sense, he's doing that to, like, rile up Vega, who's, like, a serial killer at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, but it just comes off, it's a very out-of-nowhere little, like, moment, (laughs) because M. Bison doesn't seem concerned with things like that otherwise, but it was, it was presumably to get Vega's interest. Mm. Um, but while Chun-Li is getting dressed, Vega drops from her ceiling, and your two faves get into a fight. Vega and Chun-Li versus one another, I said, wow, really receiving tonight. Um, I mean, I hated that it was in the shower, like, right after the shower. Yes. But it was still pretty cool. Um, this is, because uh, again, when you had me googling what song was playing throughout yeah, all oh, this... Yeah, oh, it was just Aki Dearest from YouTube. Look her up. That yeah. was my original anime YouTuber. She used to do anime reviews, and she would use this song that was playing in the background. And I said, I know this from somewhere, but where? And and the, the fights, the, the song that Jonathan is referring to is, uh, Ultra by KMFDM. Yeah. Uh, it, it like, this... Fight scene, because again, in the course of Googling it, I was going through numerous articles, and uh, it is it is ranked as, like, one of the best anime movie fight scenes of this era. Hmm. And I think that, in combination with that song playing, like, uh, stamped it in the minds of a lot of, of anime fans back in the day. So it's no surprise that, that your, that yeah. YouTuber would use this song, because... It definitely caught a lot of people's attention, and I think that, like, the manga entertainment company that started, um, you know, that put out that cut of the movie, uh, started using it in marketing, because Mm. it does, it did, apparently it showed up in other places, like, a Fist of the North Star preview, and... that's where Dan knew it from, uh, but it was, it it was, uh, yeah, so it was a big, it was a hallmark anime moment there, Mm. um... But Chun-Li holds her own. She gets to showcase her signature moves. Yeah. Uh, like her crane kick and things Spinning like that. Spinning crane kick? Um, but over the course of the battle, Vega does inflict <laughs> numerous, like, slash wounds mm-hmm. on her. Um, and even though Chun-Li emerges victorious, uh, she is gravely injured in the process, and she is in a coma for the rest of the 
the plot. Yeah, and Guile arrives a little bit too late. Yeah. Um, and their, their slight shipping starts. Mm. Um, while this is going on, uh, Ken drops off Eliza. Yeah, Eliza. Teasing that he, like, they, she, they say something like, oh, Eliza's like, oh, I, I thought about what you asked me about, and the answer's maybe, or, mm. you know, so probably teasing what's gonna happen with them. Um, but Ken drives off in his, his signature Ken Red Porsche, mm-hmm. and is driving through the night, uh, when M. Bison sneaks up on him in his airship. <laughs> and uses his psychic powers. His psycho power. Yeah. Uh, you know, M. Bison emerges dramatically from the airship. He he levitates Ken up to the, the deck of the airship and starts fighting him. Uh, but Ken is very much outmatched. Mm-hmm. M. Bison, fully tapping into his psycho powers, is able to, just like in the game, teleport around Ken reflect his attacks, reflect the attacks back at him, um, and render Ken helpless, more Mm. or less. Um, It seems like Ken is about to be able to get through with a a Hadouken, but even that is not enough, and uh, M. Bison defeats him, um, making it clear that he is going to break Ken (laughs) and make him submit to his will. will break you. Um, and Chun-Li is established to be in a coma. Yeah, fun little coma. Guile goes to her, and he's like, I'm gonna get revenge for the both of us, I never knew these two were shipped so hard until I re-saw this movie. Yeah, they're both government employees, I guess. And they're having fun with one another? Yeah. Um, back at the Shadow Law headquarters, Ken is put in a brainwashing tube. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he is like... Yeah, you would do this to beat Dan, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. <laughs> this would get me. Yeah, he's, he's, he's blasted with images uh, to kind of subliminally make Ryu his enemy, uh, and he is turned into violent Dan Ken. getting another Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's coming soon. If Pokemon Day is any indication, it's coming soon. I hate it. Um, but... Uh, but yes, this is this is the violent Ken saga from the yeah. game, uh, and and Ken will be M Bison's ultimate weapon for taking down and ensnaring uh, Ryu himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ryu is climbing a mountain uh, with no tools or anything. Yeah, just barehanded. And he has a flashback to back in the day when they were when him and Ken were training together. Uh, he <laughs> falls down some stairs after taking a hit. Mm-hmm. He's bleeding from his head. It's like, you okay, buddy? And he, yeah, and he uh, <laughs> gives Ryu his signature. I headband. poisoned his fish heads. We'll get there. Miserable old fool. Yeah, we'll get there someday. We know we watched the first one. It came up. That's true. We do yeah. gotta. We, we were discussing it. It's, I got it. Don't it's worry. Been, it's been seven years, yeah. but we we yeah. we will someday. Um, but, so that, that is, I believe now, the canon origin of Ryu's headband, is, is that Ken gave it to him. So that's why! (laughs) Yeah, so that's where he got it! Um, so, uh, you know, Ryu has made it to the, the, you know, oh, okay, back at Shadow Law, uh, M. Bison and his three goobs, well, two goobs now, because Vega's gone, uh, are kind of scheming as to what to do. They're like, we're gonna, you know, we, we think we've we've tracked Guile to the Laos-Thailand um, border, and we're going to, uh, you know, we think that he's found where Ryu is, so we're gonna go on ahead and, and locate Ryu. Um, 
and Ryu as it. Oh, okay. So M. Bison's like, okay, we're going to go there, and leading the charge will be our new brainwashed friend, Ken. Ken. Uh, the scientist is like, he might not be ready for combat yet. We haven't worked out all of the bugs. But we'll do it anyway. Uh, but M. Bison is prideful and he decides to go for it. Um, when he goes to leave, uh, Sagat is like, please give me the chance to fight Ryu myself. Uh, it's a matter of warrior's pride. And M. Bison's like, fool. <laughs> like, he no. does, like, the, the, what you would expect from M. Bison, yeah. like, he's like, I, the, the streets are not your arena, the, the world, world. Yeah, and I was like, why didn't Street Fighter evolve into World Fighter? Well, there's Street Fighter World, I think, or oh, I, I don't... never mind. I don't know if the I, the titles... I don't, there's been so many titles. They trek the globe. You would think World Fighter would... There's would, so many titles. I'm probably wrong on point. that. I, I'm no, probably wrong, I mean. but there's there's so many different subtitles. Uh, but but M. Bison's like, no, you fool. Like, you, you'll go to New York and finish off Cammy because Cammy, <laughs> you know, they... Snitched. Well, not snitch, she's just not under mind control mm -hmm. anymore, so they don't want to risk her remembering anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then to finish off Vega, if Vega is still alive. So he's like, and that Sagat will teach you what happens when a member of Shadow Law makes a mistake. Mm -hmm. So Sagat is left to kind of stew on that. And it's not shown in the movie, but in the course of the game plot, he does defect from M. Bison, because mm -hmm. he's like... Uh, you know, I've had enough of this. I shouldn't have been corrupted by him. I let my anger control me. me. Um, but, you know, we're left with that implication in his final scene here. Uh, so Ryu, at the top of this mountain that he climbed, is actually chilling with E. Honda. Yeah, living together. In a, a little, simple life. In a little shack on mm. top of this mountain. Yeah. So Ryu can train. E. Honda is... Eating, I think. They're eating kongi, I guess, um, <laughs> in that mountain shack. And, uh, you know, Guile pulls up in a helicopter to tell them, like, you know, we're on the verge of making a strike against mm -hmm. Shadow Law. Like, uh, you know, the American military and a few other forces have, you know, uh, a bunch of hidden troops lined up ready to make strikes on, you know, wherever Shadow Law's main headquarters is. Because they haven't narrowed it down yet, but they're in the process of doing that throughout this entire yeah. thing. Um, it's like, so you need to, like, we need your help, we need to get the whole band together because they have your friend Ken. Mm -hmm. And Ryu's like, there's no way Ken's a terrorist. He's my friend. Yeah, and, he's my buddy. Uh, sure enough, uh, the Shadow Law airship arrives, uh, and who should emerge but Violent Ken? Mm -hmm. Who is Ken, but... In a cape. With a cape and with, like, uh, like a darker red shirt mm -hmm. and a black belt, I think, is the difference sure, in that not? form. And his eyebrows are more villainous. Yeah. Like, it's it's subtle. Oh, and his eyes are red, of course. No. But mm. he's... He, he he's 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 Dirk Ken. That that is the that is the point. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he sees Ryu as his enemy now. M Bison shows up there to gloat about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it ends up being Ryu versus Violent Ken. M Bison versus Guile, mm -hmm. and then E Honda versus Balrog, who yeah. does show up and get to to do something. Yeah. But. But even then, Balrog gets to showcase, like, actual boxing stuff, so he's he gets to, to flex. Yeah. 
Um, Every character gets a little moment in this. Balrog's big enough to fucking pick up Ihonda <laughs> by his head and, like, yeah. throw him around, so... Uh, everyone is fighting. Uh, Guile also gets to showcase his sonic boom technique, and uh, but he is obviously outmatched by M. Bison, who just kind of ghost teleports around mm -hmm. him uh, and makes short work of him. Yeah. I believe he hits him with a psycho blast and puts him out of commission. Uh, while E. Honda and Balrog are fighting, E. Honda makes like a last ditch like tackle move against him, and they go rolling over the yeah. edge of this. Cliff. Oh shit! Yeah, no, they literally say, "Oh shit!" That is that is what happens. They're okay. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, Ryu uh, is is kind of <laughs> being almost defeated by Violent Ken. He's, trying to get through to Ken. Ken. Um, but we get the sense that he's not fully giving it his all because obviously he wants to get his friend back he's mm. trying to like make ken remember who he really yeah. is remember the slap ken um and you know ken keeps like violently attacking him but he does start having flashes of his you know true self <laughs> uh, eventually the visions you know pile up and ken kind of like separates himself from the battle as his memories return to him. Uh, and when this happens, M. Bison emerges to challenge Ryu directly. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, the power seems to be tipped in M. Bison's favor, so Ryu alone will not be able to, yeah. to defeat him. Uh, Ken kind of uh, goes off to the side, and he starts reflecting on his training under, under Goken, their master. And he... Uh, it's represented by Ken standing in front of a closed like shrine dojo thing um and you know just repeating the mantra of like focusing your spirit uh you know finding inner peace and you can someday are going to have to f it's probably much more poetic yeah. in the original version but it's phrased here is like you're going to face an unexpected challenge and then bison pops out and goes ah <laughs> yeah um but ken does manage to achieve like a like a zen like state and it seemingly amplifies or restores his fighting capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, he joins Ryu in the fight against uh, M. Bison. They get a little, we'll have time for reunions later. Now we gotta kick this clown's ass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, M. Bison, in, in Doug Walker fashion, rips off his cape and he's like, I have psychic skills, but I'll fight you like a mortal if I must. And, mm -hmm. and... By that, he just means he's going to fight them on the ground. Um, <laughs> and he still is a very challenging opponent yeah, for both for of both them. For both of them at the same time. Um, but he gets, he starts to get a little too cocky. And he, like, says, like, I'll go, I have to end this because I have a dinner date. So, some mm -hmm. M. Bison shit. Mm -hmm. And in the process, Ryu manages to get, like, a few clean hits on him, and Bison realizes, like, mm, I've underestimated these goobers. And the two of them, again, in a very precise manner, tag-team him to, like, land more hits. A double Hadouken. Well, first, Ryu uh. successfully pulls off his uh, Shuriokin, the mm -hmm. the uppercut that yeah. he's been practicing. Throughout the, throughout the whole movie, he's practicing that signature uppercut move. Uh, he does manage to land it on M. Bison, and then the two bros do a a <laughs> tag-team double-power Hadouken, 
which I think has an actual name, uh, but I'm not sure. I think yeah. it's like the Double Flash or something. Mm. And he, uh, M. Bison, is blasted <laughs> away into his airship, which yeah. explodes, mm-hmm. seemingly uh, being defeated. I don't know about that, but sure. Um, so, uh, things have settled, Guile returns, oh, Ehan, no, yeah, E-Honda emerges. <laughs> yeah, with both of the bodies he's carrying. With Guile like, hey! and Balrog, like, yeah. we're okay, by the way. Um, and, so everyone's fine. Uh, Guile returns to the hospital because he got a phone call in yeah, his Yeah, that Chun-Li was dead, and she, in a very Jonathan move, has, like, the shroud over her head. He's like, I'm too late. Yeah, and then she's like, no, you're not! I heard about it all in the news! Yeah. Like, ah! And then she, and then they, and then uh, Guile's like, oh, I'll, you wanna play jokes, I wanna eh? tickle you! <laughs> that's, that's what he does! <laughs> it is what he does! Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm but gonna tickle you so good. They're, they're happy. Yeah. They're... They're shipped, I a guess. A little odd, but sure. Um, and uh, meanwhile, at the T-Bone Steak truck stop, uh, Ken <sighs> The and, end of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, Ken and Ryu go their separate ways. Uh, Ken is is leaving with Eliza, and Ryu is just going to wander wherever the, the road takes him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ken departs, and Ryu also departs, um, but before, you know, he can... But, well... The piece is short-lived because M. Bison appears, seemingly driving a truck. A truck. Yeah, very Stephen King. Um, and Ryu turns around, ready to face him once again. Mm. And presumably, you can play more Street Fighter games <laughs> to see how that turns out. Yeah. But that brings us to the conclusion of Street Fighter II, the animated movie. A very... One of my faves, I gotta say. A very good movie, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. You've done it again. Really gotta up my ante whenever it comes to this podcast nowadays, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. we gotta we're in the we're in the we're moving into the next generation here, <laughs> so we gotta gotta do it. The kick gloves are off after two hundred episodes, I yeah. assume. But I, I really enjoyed it. It gave me Guile and Chun Li shipping, mm-hmm. which I never thought I would have before. It was great fight scenes, solid animations, it didn't have to go as hard as it did. Yeah. Um I thoroughly enjoyed it. It really goes the extra mile. Uh, again, everyone is pretty much uh, one-to-one to their video game selves. M. Bison gets to be delightfully hammy. I don't know if there is any bad version of M. Bison in terms of entertainment value. Uh, he might be one of my faves. I don't. He's, 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 this movie and things like this movie, uh, and then Raul Julia, of course... Mm-hmm kind of elevate him but this this film seems to be in a lot of places so if you're an anime fan or a video game fan or just you know a fan of the video game of of this franchise who hasn't seen it yet go and check it out wherever you can find it because it's definitely worth a watch it kind of deserves a good spot in anime history yeah and that's 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 all i have street fighter yeah no contest no contest. Uh, Luigi wins by doing nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, you can find me, Jonathan Gwajkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, uh, and uh, Drink and Read JK on the TikTok and the Twitter. 
Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at King underscore Dennis, as well as our adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Mm. And with that, Dan, we've got one more episode until our 200th. We do. Yeah, 199.5. Yes. I think I was slightly off in the counting, but... That's fine. It is there. <laughs> I labeled it. I understand what I did. I'm uh, sorry. I'm yeah, not, I was never it's good fine. as maths. It's so fine. <laughs> don't blame me. But uh, we are finishing Skate the Infinity next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my three days off, and I'm very excited because it's an action-packed finale. We've got Adam throwing a tournament, Reki's depressed, mm-hmm. Longo wants to fight, nor reason. I mean, it's a lot going on here, Dan. How do you think this is going to end in layway to season two in the OVA that's coming out? Um, well, I'm looking forward to see if Reki gets his groove back. Yeah. Uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying the series so far. It, it seems to be like a a short but very sweet little series mm-hmm. uh so i'm looking forward to see what it all builds to yeah and obviously there's already a continuation happening yes. so there's more uh, to come lots more to come so yeah also not to nitpick but i think that 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 on the anime was not a mistake wiki we could classify that originally the christmas episode was supposed yeah. to be one oh. God. But circumstances split it into two, yeah. and thus the numbering was thrown off. That is true. Pre-disaster. Yeah, so. well, that definitely happened at some point, yeah. So, I'm just doing my fun. best. I'm it's a single fine. mom who it's works fun. two jobs. I love my kids, and I never stop. Uh, but yeah, no. Gentle hands. <laughs> Looking forward to Skate the Infinity. I yeah. think we got that and a lot of great anime coming, so stick with us, folks. Yeah. Uh, find your fighting spirit. Hmm. Ken! Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weeb horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>